This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Well, pleased to be back for yet another episode of Back to You. And uh, wow, what another uh, holiday season. I know we've all got heavy travels. And uh, Niner, we can't keep keep up with you because you're always on the uh, <laughs> what, the row 32 uh, middle seat uh, going somewhere where I don't even know where the heck it is. And Catherine Tappan, you have, what a champ you are, doing so much stuff. And uh, I know the, the voice comes and goes. And uh, yep. we all understand that. And it's a lot about a yep. hot tea and maybe some honey. And for me, it would be some some of that and, and a little bourbon to get things going and look at you with your hot tea. So we're, we're, uh, we're delighted to, to, I mean, to talk about, you know, family and what you did and, uh, and, and uh, the, the, uh, the chance to, to, to be with everybody during Thanksgiving last week. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm a little uh, under the weather with my voice, but mm. working it back. So I will um, preserve my voice, but um, I love Thanksgiving. We were covering the Penn state um, Michigan state game on black Friday. So unfortunately mm. I spend an entire Thanksgiving meal with my family, but for me, it means the holiday season. And I just am so excited to gear up for Christmas and all the fun things coming up in December. Oh, so the old, uh, here we go with it. Now we got with that beautiful place of yours. Now you got to get all the Christmas decorations. I can't going. wait. I'm so excited. I bet. I bet yeah. that's going to be great. What a thrill. Oh, a big tree, real tree, fake tree. Real. All real. Real, absolutely. In the backyard. It looks like you've got plenty of uh, real estate back there. You're probably going to just grab it from the backyard. Let's go grab one from my tree farm. <laughs> Maybe get Niner over there. He can start hacking something down. Hey, Niner. Hey, I'm actually free this week, but I'm going to uh, choose not to get on a plane or travel anywhere. So uh, I've got a, a few weeks at home and and nice. uh, I'll be putting up my, my Snoopy tree. I'm, uh, I think my place only holds about a four footer. So uh, that's what I'll be busy doing uh, over the next week or so. I don't mind those Snoopy trees. I can, I'm the same thing. I'm in Chicago right here and uh, in the West Loop of Chicago. And I think that's all we could probably handle too is a just a nice little one like that. I had I had a, a fortunate um, scheduling. Um, I had a conflict originally going Wednesday TNT and, uh, and then Thursday basically travel on Thanksgiving and then and then Black Friday being in Buffalo. And and uh, my good bosses at TNT allowed me to get back to Chicago and uh, and be with Lynn. Grandkids wrote in. New Jersey, they're out in uh, they're in, in Kansas City, and um, did a uh, a Black Friday one o'clock game. Oh, like I'm talking original six Chicago Blackhawks and Toronto Maple Leafs. So Austin Matthews the second time playing against Connor Bedard and had a chance to spend that Thursday uh, with Lynn and go out and just basically get a reservation here in the West Loop, which isn't easy to do either. But no cooking, no gravy, no anything like that. But uh, just a a nice, uh, a nice off day. So very lucky with the scheduling because we're. I think we're all in the same situation when it comes to it. The, uh, the our, our schedule, schedule doesn't, doesn't stop, stop for the holidays, holidays uh, nope. through all the years that we've been doing this stuff. 
Not at all. Not at all. So it's actually been a pleasure and, and uh, good to just relax, have some downtime. Like you said, spend some time with some family and friends and, and just enjoy it. Enjoy the weather and finally able to get a couple of rounds of golf in two panger. So I'm looking forward to it. Jealous. Jealous. Yeah. Niner, you, you had, you uh, last week, you were with the, uh, the Coyotes alumni uh, get together. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes alumni does a great job here at Los Cendas uh, country club in Mesa with Wayne McBean. He puts on a great alumni event. It's a three day event. Nice. And it's not just limited to the Coyotes alumni. They have brought in uh, the Sutter brothers, um, Brian Trottier, Lanny McDonald, uh, even outside of hockey, Jim McMahon comes, Alice Cooper, Mark Rippon. They do a great job. It's a three-day event. They raise some great money for the charities throughout the local youth hockey, uh, the girls hockey here in Arizona, the sled hockey team here in Arizona. And uh, nice. they bring out all the guys. They, they've they got their own uh, Coyote alumni wine that they've been featuring too, uh, Panger. This is right up your alley. Get a little swirl of red going. But hmm. what they've been doing the last few years, they go to Napa. They've come out with a Wayne McBean wine, a Greg Adams wine, Shane Doan wine, and a Cujo wine, Curtis Joseph. So they're, they're transcending through all the uh, alumni, and they actually go to Napa. They mix it. They taste it. They do all the flavors, and they've been doing that, and it's been a great uh, addition to their wine, uh, uh, wine that not only here, but the, the ones oh. that they sell online to, to raise money for the charities as well. Man. I love my time in Arizona. I mean, I loved it. I mean, when I first got the call from, I think it was Mike Barnett and uh, um, I think it was Cliff Fletcher. They were all in a room together and they're asking if I could, after ESPN lost the rights, if I if I was interested in going to Arizona. And, and then they followed it up with, and Gretz is going to be the coach. I said, what? So four years of being there and, and experiencing that and having some great people in Arizona, I uh Tell the boys I'll be waiting for that invitation next year for the for the <laughs> golf outing and the free wine. I can't wait for that. But uh, that sounds like a great time. And and there's more to it than local. Doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. It's great that alumni doesn't just mean that local team. I think the NHL has done an excellent job of bringing in. If you're an alumni, if you played in the NHL, I never played for the St. Louis Blues, but while I was there, I was invited all the time to anything the St. Louis Blues had, even though I never wore their sweater. And and I think that's uh, that's that's great. And that's kind of been what our alumni has has been about so nice to see the coyotes do that and and uh and, and i'm glad you had some fun too niner i'm sure you won a few uh shekels there from the boys with your <laughs> with your handicap and you're hitting it straight down the middle huh you know what panger i did get uh i did win a skin uh it was on uh, hole number 15 mm. par five i birdied it with my handicap it counted as an eagle and i i cashed in on that money so uh, i did get my one skin but I thought you were going to say a four for a two, but thank goodness you said a four Wait, for a three. You just said. Oh, here we go. You know, I just wanted to say what you just followed up on, though, the, the alumni. Like, listen, I've never played in the National Hockey League. Um, I'm fortunate enough mm -hmm. to, to live here in Arizona and be around these great people. And they've taken me in as their own. Like I like I played, geez, 500 games in the National Hockey League, right? And, and it's just that group and that environment, and that's how they make you feel. They make everyone feel that way. So. You know, it, it's kudos to them and the NHL alumni in general, and plus the Arizona Coyotes alumni. They do a great job. And KT, Panger, we definitely got to get you guys back here for next year. It's a, it's a great event. It's great charity and, and just a lot of laughs in general. So, And they can't beat the golf weather. It's been 75 degrees and sunny every day. Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't sound like this if I was in 75 and sunny. So, love it. No, you, you certainly wouldn't, KT. You got to take care of that throat, kiddo. Huh? Right, we got to so get you better. Tell us who we've got coming on the show. 
Well, we, we've got we've got a guy that uh, that uh, impresses during the uh, the Tahoe event. Uh, left-handed golfer guy. That's you talk about in life um, taking advantage of a situation. And I think I think uh, our next guest on on our next episode here of uh, of back to you is is one of those guys. And and I'm so pleased. And I know you are KT because you you really set this up. And, and you and Niner know him personally from from the golf tournament and. Uh, um, I don't, I don't at all, but I've watched enough and I was so thrilled to, to know that he's going to be on our show. So without further ado, we are welcoming Larry, the cable guy. This is going to be great. Here he is. Larry, the cable guy. What's up? Gator Dan. Hey, I'm doing good. Hanging out here, about ready to get ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, getting up on my Christmas decorations. I just took them down and I just took them down in August. Here I am getting them back up again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't seem I'm, to I don't I don't seem to see any of them, Larry, in the background. No, there's no decoration I, back there. Well, not in this room. There's not. But you walk out of this room, and ain't nothing but reindeer and Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like the uh, I feel like the waste management open around here when it's Christmas. You know, we get our decorations up, we take them down for three months, and we have to take them back, put them back up again. Do you do it all yourself? Come on, Catherine. I'm an A-lister. <laughs> what what do you uh what do you cook for Thanksgiving? Do I put them up myself? What are you, some kind of um uh comedian? You know what you, some kind of comedian? <laughs> um uh what am I doing for Thanksgiving? What are you cooking? Uh you know what? We don't uh I got we got sick of turkey. Everything is always turkey. Yeah, I agree. And after last year, because last year we did something different. Last year we took a live turkey and put it in front of the Dallas Cowboys game and watched the turkey kill itself. <laughs> so uh <laughs> this year <laughs> this year we're gonna we're going to I'm gonna go to a buddy of mine's house and I don't know what they're having, but generally um uh, we'll do a honey baked ham or we'll do something completely untraditional like honestly i don't care if we have like cheeseburgers i mean i just because you have turkey at thanksgiving and then you have leftovers after that and then christmas you have turkey so it's like you can't have turkey every meal for the next two months so thanksgiving we always try to do something something untraditional like Larry, that. whatever you do, you got to have gravy. It doesn't matter what you have. I mean, a good Canadian well, boy like myself, we like gravy on everything, you know. So just throw it, on the, every, it works. Yeah, that's that's every holiday. That's Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, my birthday. That's all those holidays. Hey, Larry, uh, speaking of speaking of your birthday, flag Larry, day, Arbor Day. Oh, Arbor Day oh, wears Arbor me day. out with the food. <laughs> I was just I was just uh, looking at some numbers here, Larry, because I'm an information analyst kind of guy. Right. And I noticed that uh, we have something in common. February the 17th. There are some That's great right. people born on that day. How about that? you? You, me, Paris Hilton, Michael, and Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Oh, That's, my That's God. a good group right so there. Funny you guys have the same birthday. Wait. I, is that so, crazy? I need to go yeah. back because the reason I'm a little hoarse is from doing a <clears throat> massive game on Saturday night. And I know that you are a Cornhuskers diehard fan. So... Can you take me through your emotions watching that game Saturday night? The old Huskers don't get it done in overtime. One more chance to make a bowl game. What were you thinking, Larry? 
Oh, well, here's the deal. I love Matt Rule. Matt Rule is exactly what yeah. we need. He's done way better this first year than I thought he would ever do. Um, but uh, last week, here was the problem with this game. Last week, uh, he got a bunch of garbage because he went for the touchdown instead of going for the field goal and then having his defense come in and stop the other team with under two minutes left. So he took flack because he risked a pass play with a quarterback that never plays and it got picked off. And when you looked at it, it wasn't his fault. It was the receiver didn't really finish his route, but Chubba Purdy, that was really his only drive of the year. And he was unbelievable. Yeah. So this right. week, yeah. So this week he starts. And as you saw, first, fourth play of the game, 55 yard touchdown run, 58 yard pass. It's like, what is going on? This Chubba Purdy's the greatest quarterback of my son's generation. Exactly. Um, and then and then then you saw the rest of the game. The defense did not do as well as they normally do. And here's what I think happened, Catherine. Uh, it was ridiculous. We had a minute and 18 seconds left, three timeouts on their 18-yard line. They could not stop our running game. And we let the clock run down. We ran three plays in a minute and uh, 15 seconds, yeah. which I could not understand. But here's what I think is going through his head. He took so much flack the last week from the from a lot of people here that he did not kick the field goal and guarantee three points and let the defense stop the other team and what i think was i think that got in their heads i think they thought well we're mm. down here now we've got this quarterback who's played well but man let's don't have him throw any goofy passes because right. if it gets yeah. intercepted again in the end zone the state and people are going to be livid. So honestly, I think uh, they read too much of the internet and I think it got in heads and I think they played to not lose. Yeah, That's my opinion. Now look, I'm not, I can't, I love coach coach is awesome and he's a buddy of mine. So I'm not going to put in his head what I think, but that's what I that in my opinion, if I was a coach, and from seeing what happened, I think that that had a lot to do with some of that play calling. I think they were playing, look, to not yeah. not miss that opportunity and let's take our chances in overtime, and which was a dumb mistake. Yep, yep. Because you never play Wisconsin at night in overtime and on their field. The, the odds are against you. You have to go for the win. You know what? Another disappointing loss. I'm kind of used to it. Um, I hate being used to Nebraska losses. It sucks. But there, look, we're young. Catherine, you saw yep. it. You saw that team. Great team. It's a bright future. They're, yeah. They're all freshmen and sophomores, yep. and they yep. are so good. And he's a great motivator. So if everybody stays and they don't use yeah, they don't use that stupid portal. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with for a while. I loved it. I hope we get a game uh, in Nebraska next year because I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I'm going to come to your house for dinner, just inviting my Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, you got to come. It'll be hopefully there'll be a holiday and we'll be having cheeseburgers. Nice. <laughs> with, with, with the Christmas decorations up. 
<laughs> you can help me take them down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's in September, if it's in August or September, you can help me take them down. If it's in uh, the end of September, early October, you can help me put them up. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, hey, Niner, who did you have in that game, and and how did what what did the money line look like, and and how was it for the emotions of people, uh, maybe throwing a few fish nagels on that one. Actually, we were looking at the live line, uh, actually texting with a few of my buddies, and, and we were all over Nebraska. Uh, we thought they had the momentum. Uh, the line was in the right direction. Yeah. And, and like Larry just said, I mean, when you play not to lose, um, you're, you're going to end up losing. And we didn't think it would be by seven either in overtime. So we, we took the loss on that one. But, um, but like, like you said, I, I think this coach is doing a great job at Nebraska from everything that I hear and read about. The recruiting has been mm-hmm. going phenomenal. And uh, they're going to start yeah. getting some more top-notch uh, recruits in for well, sure. Well, wait till, wait till Larry goes on the sidelines next year. That'll bring in even oh, yeah. more and better recruits <laughs> there, Larry. Absolutely. I got to go. I'll bring them all out to my house. They can look at my Mater, my Mater golf cart. Maybe they'll sign up. <laughs> you got hey, the Mater look, golf hey, cart? I'll, Hold I'll on a second. Let's go back to the Mater golf cart for a second. You, you, you really do? Oh, yeah. I got a Mater golf cart. I want to, you know, I want to buy, I found somebody actually had a, made a Mater truck, an actual truck, tow truck, looked just like the character in the cartoon. I'll be honest, I kind of wish I'd have bought it just to get in my garage. It's kind of cool looking, you know? I, mean, I bet it is. That's the award-winning Mater voice, right? Absolutely. You know, when I send my golf clubs out uh, on pictures and stuff on the internet for my birthday, the greatest month, as you know, Banger, February 17th, <laughs> um, uh, all the, for my birthday one time, everybody that had was involved in sketching Mater and drawing Mater at Pixar, man, they're so nice to me over there. Uh, for my birthday, they made me a lithograph of Mater uh, with a Nebraska hat on and corn flying out of his tailpipe and it was really cool picture i wish i had it with me i'd show you but i went and i put it on a head cover for my golf clubs so every time i so sometimes on game day i'll send out a picture of my golf clubs and i'll go hey look mater's a corn husker go make <laughs> mater on there did, did you have that cover up in Tahoe? Was that the one that you were uh, showing everybody on the driving range? Yeah, I did. I had that cover up there. And the cool thing is, it's the only one there is in the entire world. That's the cool thing about it. <laughs> oh, that's even better. I remember, I remember seeing it, and you were showing everybody. Everyone was coming over to look at it. It was cool. It's yeah, a, Wait it a second. You got a head cover for a left-handed driver? They make those, Larry? Uh, yeah, you believe that? Everybody was coming over. I don't know if they were coming over to look at the Mater head cover or my 106 I just shot. Yeah. <laughs> I have the most fun in Tahoe when I get to play with you. Oh, that's sweet. Well, the music. Yeah. It's like fun and lighthearted and it just is like the best time. I love it. But it's up. You had to go and get good on me and you well. leave me in the dust. <laughs> oh boy. You know what, Catherine? I'm really excited. I tell everybody, I go, man, I'm getting better. I'm down to a 13 handicap, some days a 12. Wow. And and so I've I've decreased my handicap about eight strokes from about a 21, 22. And it's only cost me $3.8 million. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I it's worth kidding. it though. I'm the biggest 
I'm so glad that I did not discover golf in the middle of my comedy career because I would have oh, never man. ended up being as successful as I did. Because I swear, now I love golf so much. I literally, I'll get dates coming in and I go, whoa, 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 wait a second. No, I can't do that date. I'm doing, I'm golfing with, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm turning down gigs so I can go play 18 somewhere. I love it. <laughs> you sound like Pangers. Well, that sounds familiar, Larry. How does how does yeah, right? Larry, how does a guy from Wisconsin? How does a guy from Nebraska end up being a, a left-handed golfer, though? I mean, it's typical of many Canadians, um, but 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 not so much in the states. And yeah, you know what? It's crazy. I, I have no idea. My my dad's right-handed. My mom's right-handed. Uh, my brother's right-handed, and my sister and I are left-handed. And I have no idea, but but I feel like that uh, we are definitely in the golf world. Left-handed people are uh, discriminated against. I mean, you can't find left-handed stuff anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, except in Canada. Ex- yeah, I, except I, in Canada, because of I, all I'm the, telling all, the truth. Like you go, players. yeah, you go anywhere, and you go to a pro shop, and and I bet it's. I'm, I'm just going to throw a number out there, but it might be fifty-fifty in pro shops there left and right. So wow. I'm not hey, sure if it's the hey, Mike Weir, um, you know, the Mike Weir, uh, or, or maybe just a lot of, you know, hockey players who are just left-handed hockey players. I don't know, but I know a lot of left-handed hockey players that play golf right-handed. Yep. I, you know, I don't see a lot crazy. of right-handed hockey players that play left-handed. Steve Young, Steve Young plays no. right-handed and he's a lefty. Yeah. yeah. I, matter of fact, Catherine, I played with him last year. And he should Sunday. be playing, he should be playing lefty, right? Yeah, I told him to play. I said, I go, Steve, why aren't you playing left-handed? And he yep. literally swung it a couple times with mine just on the range. He had a beautiful left-handed swing. Yeah, I thought he hit the ball better. Planet. I don't I don't know why he does I think he does it just because that's how his dad taught him, and he feels exactly. like that's how he play. He had older so, brothers. He had a set of clubs yeah. at home. They right. were right-handed clubs, and that's how he learned how to play. He's like, in my household, we didn't. I didn't get an extra set of clubs. I was the youngest of all these boys. Like, my dad wasn't going to buy me my own set. And here he is. He should be playing left-handed. Now, but we, there's yeah, Larry. Now, when he when he quarterback though, was he was he a lefty or righty when he quarterback? Lefty. Lefty. Hey, lefty. Catherine, can you imagine if somebody would have said, "Look, you're golfing right-handed. You should play. You should throw right-handed when you're a quarterback." It would have ruined his entire <laughs> career. <laughs> he wouldn't have been playing in Tahoe. <laughs> no. Yeah, no kidding. Or, or maybe he could throw. Maybe he could throw both right and left, and would that ever fool oh. the defense? You know, if you have yeah. the ability to put, put your ball ambidextrous, in, put, your, put the ball there and throw it once, reverse, just like lacrosse. Go yeah. one, go that way, you know? Like See, it. that would yeah. be – I wish I was able to do that. I can't do it. I'm completely – I cannot uh, – my right hand, forget about it. But left-handed, I'm all day. See, I get irritated sometimes because, like, Mickelson and those guys that are left-handed and they learned how to play right-handed – um, well, I always say if you're a true lefty, then you can't do anything right handed. You can't even tr- begin to golf right handed because you're so left handed. I'm right. totally left handed. I can't do anything right handed. And that's why I always wondered why they called in this crazy like the you'll see like Paul McCartney played a left handed uh, guitar, left handed bass. I don't know why they call that a left handed guitar like. When you hold a regular guitar, you're right-handed and you're strumming the guitar. I I call that a right the way that you're strumming a guitar normally. Right. Yeah. To me, that's a, a left-handed guitar. 
because you have to do your fingerings with your left hand. And I could never be able to do my fingers with my right hand because I'm not coordinated with my right hand. So, so I don't you're left-handed. Know why, yeah, so I don't know why they flip the guitar around for left-handed people and you strum with your left hand and they call that a left-handed guitar. Because in my opinion, that's a right-handed guitar because I can't, <laughs> I can't move my fingers like I can with my left hand. I don't know. This is uh, a discussion about- I think should be on one of the talk shows for a long discussion. <laughs> how about when you're on the tee box? So many courses set up to a to a right-handed player. How does it look from the left-hand side? I mean, can't play a cut. Well, Most of them are well, dog-leg Craig, rights, right? Well, Craig, if you've seen my game lately, I've learned how to adapt to all the conditions of the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got golf shots. I love it. Oh my goodness. He went from a 21 to a 13 and he's moving the ball. I love it, Larry. <laughs> I remember It'll be an eight by the time this podcast is over. Yeah, exactly. I remember, I remember they had that long drive contest one time out there, and I forget who the interviewer was. Might have been Tafoya or something. And they had the long drive. I'm walking by. He goes, uh, Hey, Larry, uh, what was your longest drive? What was your longest drive? And I said, uh, The drive home after I shot a 115 today. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. How many years? Catherine, how fun is that out there? I mean, how much fun do we have? And I was going to ask you, how many years have you played in it? Because you're one of the you've been you've been playing a long time. Man, Catherine, I think you know what I think because um, I did I wasn't in the golf until 2011, and I think I got invited two years after I started playing golf. So yeah. I think next year will be my 11th year. Wow. I yeah. feel like I always describe it as like adult summer camp. Like we all look <laughs> forward, we all look forward to seeing one another. And it's just like seven, five days of straight fun. And we usually sound yeah. like this some of it <laughs> for other yeah, reasons really. podcasting, but I it love it. A lot of my first you one out there was 2003. And then I had a couple uh, years where suspension kicked in. So I missed a couple of years, but, uh, for the most part, been going since 2003. Yeah, I didn't think you were still allowed back. I thought you had a. <laughs> That's why they suspended me. I got I back. Thought you were still. Wait, why? Why did you get suspended? Oh, we, we'd rather not go down that road, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> certain certain friend of mine that I used to go with was uh, not welcome back a few years. So. Got it. Got it. Got it. Noted, but now, but now you know, I, we, but now I hop on the jet with Charles and I just hide in his suitcase and, and then we're all good. I, yeah, exactly. Now you, you, you know, was you beside you, me in the suitcase. <laughs> you got to get out there, banger. Yeah. Let's go. Now, Craig, you know the story uh, when Charles hit the 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 goose, right? He it is so oh, funny no. when he tells the story. Oh, don't tell, tell me. This. Tell it. Tell it, Larry, so these guys can hear it. Well, just real quickly, I'm golfing with Charles, and he, like, you know, he hits a worm burner, and it goes down there on the, I think it was the 13th hole. 14. With the water Uh on the left. Yep. Yeah, dog leg right, water on the left, and he just hammers a duck, a goose, what a goose, and that thing's flopping around, and all the women, there's some women up there, and they're like, oh no, the poor goose, the poor. Well, 
then you see the guy from Golf Channel go over there and start swinging it around in a circle by its neck, you know, and now they're really going nuts. Oh, what's he doing? Stop him! Stop him! He's killing him! You know, and then Charles is like, no, they got to do that. They got to do that because they're going to peck it to death because they, they see that it's injured. They're going to come over and they're going to torture it and kill it and peck it. And trust me, this is what you have to do. Oh, well, this isn't, you know. Well, evidently he can't get it done that way so after we finally calm these ladies down from him twisting the neck of this injured goose he runs it takes it over to the water and starts drowning it in the water he starts putting its head under water now they're really going nuts <laughs> now everybody's thinking oh boy they're gonna file some kind of a oh you know, no and then we're like oh yeah they finally got it dead but oh it was the craziest story of all time Oh, for the ages out there, no question. When he tells that story, it's so funny. Oh God! Uh, took that guy forever to get rid of that goose <laughs> or duck or whatever it was. It was crazy. But Catherine had to be so a cool ca Canadian one. I, I, yeah, as Charles I calls it, he calls it a geese. Yeah, <laughs> a geese. <laughs> there was a geese down there. Yeah, there was one <laughs> geese. <laughs> there was a geese down there. Oh, I love it. Uh, what were you saying? So yeah, what's up? Well, I was gonna say it's uh, cool that you're that you're, you're trudging through with the throat because I I woke up one day and I my wife was sick and then I felt my throat. I had a show in Ohio at a, a place in Ohio. I can't remember what theater it was. And Wednesday night, I felt I'm like, honey, I think I'm getting something. Then on Thursday. I started getting all phlegmy. My throat started get. I'm like, okay, I haven't canceled a show in 38 years. I'm not canceling. I think I've canceled one show for being sick in like 30 years. Wow. So I got to do the show Friday night. I literally couldn't talk Friday morning when I woke up. And I said, well, I'm not going to cancel the show. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. Get some mucinex. I went up there, did three shots of whiskey before I went on stage to burn out everything. And I was only at about 30%. And so I kind of made my voice different. I'm like going, hey, I got to let everybody know my throat doesn't feel good. You know? And it was the funniest <laughs> voice. But I explained about my voice. I had a couple of jokes about why my voice is like that. <laughs> it, was probably the, it was probably the greatest show. It was probably one of my top 10 all-time favorite shows. I love it. <laughs> I love so, it. I, so, I, yeah. I wasn't going to cancel on you. And I'm like, I can definitely work with it. It's... I feel fine. It's just like, it's coming back. But man, I was like, we got Larry the Cable Guy. And I like, yeah. I didn't talk yesterday. I didn't talk this morning. I had to call your assistant <laughs> this morning to confirm the time. And I was like, Maggie, I promise you, I'm going to get through this. It's like, I know I sound terrible <laughs> on the phone, but we are going to get him on. So. Uh, you are a grinder, it's Catherine. You're a grinder. Way to go. That's all good. On other channels, you never know. I mean... <laughs> The, the good news is you got Panger and Craig here, you know. That's, That's right. right. We got we but got I wingers. Do. We got we got a, a right winger and a centerman somewhere yeah. here in this group that we can we can dangle a little bit. I do. Larry, did you ever play hockey? Um, oh yeah, go ahead. Hey Larry, did you ever play some hockey? Uh, you know what i I grew up in Nebraska, but I moved to Florida when I was fifteen. Not a lot of hockey going on. So no, I was never I was never a uh, a big hockey guy. Um, so 
I got friends that like hockey. I tell you, when I started getting into hockey, I started really enjoying hockey when I lived in Sanford, Florida, and they had the Orlando Solar Bears. Absolutely. That's a great organization. Dude, they were only in existence like seven years and won and like went to the finals like six out of seven times. And if I'm not mistaken, Panger, they became the Atlanta team, right? That's right. That's that's right. They 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 basically took that franchise, went into Atlanta. Um, un, I think they were underneath the Thrashers though at that time. They were they they moved from an IHL team to an IHL team there. If I'm not mistaken, because uh, when I played in the IHL, Larry, um, that was that was the first pro. Te- you got the American Hockey League and the IHL back then, and some NHL teams went um, directly to the IHL, made them their number one team. I didn't have Orlando or Atlanta as my team. I had S- Saginaw. And Flint <laughs> and Kalamazoo and Indianapolis, oh, you know, you really we like we had, hockey for that. Yeah, different <laughs> geography, different bus rides, Larry. I would have loved to have been uh, somewhere in the coast of, of Florida and, and doing it that way. Yeah, that would have been nice playing hockey down there. Oh, where are we playing? Miami. Then we're going to St. Pete. Then we're going to. T- oh. Yeah, exactly. Much better. Yeah, Larry, I would have. Got, no, I, I would have got her done there. I tell you that, Larry. I would have got her done. <laughs> I, you know what? I really, I really, uh, I really liked it. I really started to like it. And then they moved. And then I, then, uh, then I was on, you know, out on the road constantly. And then I, from what I hear though, they got, they got them back. I, I think they got, uh, I think they got a team back. They got an East Coast Hockey League team there now. East Coast League <laughs> team. And, and there's lots of talk about Atlanta actually knocking on the door again of, uh, building a rink out to where the Braves are playing and, and, and again, applying for, if not an NHL franchise, uh, at least getting something on the in the minor leagues somewhere there. And I'm not sure if it's Alpharetta yeah, or Marietta that, or somewhere there. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's like, uh, uh, so if they move, so if Orlando moves again, that's two great hockey teams they had and they, that they've lost. I mean, that was, that was fun. Those were always fun to go to. I love going to the Orlando Predator football games. Those, the you know, it seems like some about Florida, though. Those, those indoor football teams kick major ass in Florida. I mean, Tampa Bay, uh, the Tampa Bay team and the Orlando team. That was always a thing to do, too. Uh, it was go to those games. I love those games. So when you moved from Nebraska to Florida, you were 16. I'm, I'm curious, like, where did the comedy all come into play? I know you, you started off in radio, right? But how did you get going with this? Did you always know you were funny? Well, you know, my brother, yeah, my brother, uh, who doesn't do stand up, but my brother was hilarious, you know, very talented, really funny guy, could write. I remember going to his college one time and he was in the drama department and they took over this old town that was on the campus. They ended up buying it and they turned it into like an old Western type little town. And he stayed back and he wrote two comedy one act westerns wow and he played an old prospector in every one of them and it was so stinking funny i mean <laughs> my brother was funny and my sister was funny my dad was was pretty funny when he wanted to be you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he yeah when he wanted to be um uh and uh so I think I just got it from them, but I never thought I would ever be a comedian. But when I was a kid, I was a fan of all the old time comedians. Mm-hmm. I love those vaudeville one liner 
slapstick. I I watched Benny Hill constantly. I watched uh, Monty Python constantly. I watched the Dean Martin roast. Oh my goodness, they are so good. Uh, um, that kind of stuff really made me laugh. And then Howie Mandel came along with Make Me Laugh, and he'd do a little thing on Make Me Laugh. So I just love that kind of stuff. And when I moved to Florida, I got a job as uh, driving a hotel van for the Hyatt. And uh, I loved that job, but I was always cracking jokes. I was always trying to be funny. And everybody was like, man, you should be. I always picked up the airline crews. They were who I was always picking up were the airline crews. And uh they would always say, man, you should be a comedian. You're funny. You're funny. And I always had these jokes <laughs> that I would rip off of. So I went up on an open mic one night. I just at a bar. I got dared by my buddy, John, to go up. And I almost, Catherine, I'm not kidding. There were people there. I thought they had clipboards with notes. And <laughs> they were had suits on, you know, and I had a, I had a sleeveless buckwheat sweatshirt on and a, <laughs> You know, in a stupid David Lee Roth type hat. And I almost backed out. And my buddy, and I did. I said, I'm not going on. There's professionals here. I thought it was an open mic comedy night. And my buddy goes, you can't back out. People came to see you. At least, he goes, at least stay and see how the first couple of guys are. If they're really good, I get it. This isn't an open mic night like they advertise. But if they're not that good, then go up. And I said, okay, well, I'll just see how the first couple guys are. And I think I was going on like fifth. First guy wasn't very good. And the second guy wasn't very good. And I looked at my buddy John and go, man, I think I'm funnier than those guys. <laughs> so it gave, it gave me some confidence. And that's when I, then the comedy corner opened up in West Palm Beach about uh, five months later, six months later. And it turned out to be one of the top five comedy clubs in the United States. And so uh, a lot of comedians I met, and they took me under the wing and helped me out a lot. But it all started that way. I was just a fan of all the old-time comics. And that's why my act is all just goofy, nonsensical yeah. one-liners, because I love that kind of stuff. And But I'll tell you, I always tell everybody, if you're if you have a dream that you want to do something and you may be talented for it. You don't know. It's like, try it because you'll always regret not trying it. At least try it. And if I would have backed out when I wanted to back out, honestly, I wouldn't be doing it today. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for my friend, John, who put a fire under me and said, you're not backing out, man. Don't no, you got to do it. And so he pushed me and made me do it. And I'm very glad he did. So Larry, do you know how many times we get on a, and especially, uh, you know, back when we had the kids and you're, you're parking at your, you're parking offsite you, and you've got just like what you said, the, uh, the, 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 whatever you call the van going back, how many funny guys are on the microphone? Like just similar to your situation. Oh. And yet you took it to the, to this, obviously the level you took it on, but I always get a kick out of how, how funny they are and how open they are and how they make you laugh. It's early in the morning. You got kids, you're dragging around luggage. You're trying to get everything in, in there. You're trying to catch your flight and these, and it doesn't matter what time of the morning, someone's always basically funny in there. Oh you know? my gosh. Yeah. I got, you know, I had a buddy of mine. I got a couple of buddies of mine that are so stinking funny. They're not comedians. They don't want 
speak comedians. And I'm just like, oh my, one of them is just so quick and so funny and so dry. I mean, I don't know. I would, if he was a comedian, he'd be unbelievable. The other guy is all about timing. His material is all me and Seinfeld. <laughs> so he's not, not of it's original, but his timing is impeccable. Would would they be able to be on your your blue collar comedy tour when 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 that was rolling? Would any of your your friends would they qualify? Would they be good enough? No, they'd freeze up because they wouldn't know how to perform. Uh, It would be off stage. Would be they would be hilarious. That's when they would. That's when they would be hilarious. Uh, But no, there's some people that are super funny that I know that they could. There's no way they would get on stage. They would completely freeze. (laughs) <laughs> or they would be as funny because they'd be too worried about trying to be funny. A good how much, point. Really how good much point. joy do you get in being funny in this landscape of craziness we're dealing with in a world that's, you know, full of hate and violence and people attacking one another? And you just bring straight up laughter to everyone. Well, you know, I start. Here's the thing. I uh, it's. I remember Steve Martin back in the day, back in the Vietnam days and all that. And he said everybody was doing political stuff. And he went the complete opposite direction and said, I just want to be silly. And it's kind of like me. I've always wanted to be silly. I never wanted to, you know. I mean, the only reason why I used to do a few political jokes. And the only reason I did it was because I created this character, obviously, uh, that I do on stage. And when I started doing that, that was all politics because I was calling radio stations, pretending to be this cable guy and complaining about stuff. And so I had to bring some of that into the act originally because I didn't really have, you know, that's what people came to see. And then I kind of morphed it into my act that I was already doing. Um, But man, you know, it's, I just, that's what I want to do. I just want to be, I want to be a light in a dark world. I don't want to do anything else. People pretty much that are fans of mine already know basically all about me, how I feel about politics, how I feel. It's like when I went on the internet, like Twitter and stuff, it's such a sewer. And I, you know, when you're an entertainer, you like to keep, in touch with your fans and let people know where you're going to be at. So I get there's a need that you have to do it, but I started, things would bother me. It's like those things you would be like, you don't want to eat sugar and there's a pop tart there and you go, I'm not eating it. And then you're like, Oh, what the heck? I'll eat it. It's like when you see something on Twitter or on social media and it bugs you and you're like, what are these people? But you, instead of leaving it alone at the last minute, you're like, Oh, Okay, I'm going to answer these idiots. And here's the here's the thing I've come to on stuff like that. You're never going to change anybody's mind to your side on the internet ever. Uh, the people that are already fans and already think like you think are already going to be with you. So the ba- you're really only doing it so they go, yeah, way to go. Hey. And then all it does is drive a division further mm-hmm. yep. and it makes you a target for things that you didn't even, you weren't going to change in the first place. So it's like, why get political on the internet? It's right. not going to, why, why do it? You're never changing anybody's heart. Anybody's heart. So that's when I decided, yeah, I'm going to be completely goofy. I'm going to be completely funny do my best to, uh, 
shine a light and uh, and 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 be a positive force anyway on my part of the internet. So mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, I like and, and I love doing it. I love doing it, Catherine. I love making yeah. people laugh. I love making them happy. I, I like Larry. Larry, when you talk about things that I get lost in the grocery store, when you go cabbage on me, or you go yams, <laughs> um, and then you go because I had I, I just I laugh my ass off because that that is me all the way. You send me to Costco, I'm there for nine hours and I get nothing. That then when you go all Fruit Loops and Captain Crunch on me, I know exactly what you're talking about. So you're my oh, kind have- of comedy, okay, Larry? Hey. Hey, Spanger, I got another one. Uh, I just came up with another one for that. I go, uh, I hate going to the 10 items or less line because if you're in a good mood, it doesn't matter how good a mood you're in. All of a sudden, for no reason at all, you start counting the items of the person in front of you. <laughs> and it and it never fails. Totally. They, always, they always go over and you go from saying hi and being nice to everybody. You go, oh, look at that freaking moron. I yeah. hate this guy. every time and then did you did you hear the bit about the 10 items or less line and you're about the kit kat bar no i got another one whereas if you ever if you ever wonder if you're overweight or not here's a good way to tell go to the 10 items or less line and buy one at one and if one of your items is say like a kit kat bar um uh, if she looks at you and says do you want this in the bag or do you want to take it with you? That's when you know you're a fat ass, right? Uh, that, because the cashier has just looked at you and tried to size up and figure out what item of food you can't wait to put your fat right. pie hole around before you oh, can't God, make it to so the funny. you can't make it to the two-minute walk to the car before you gotta eat it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I always used to laugh. I always used to laugh when I could always tell I was overweight when I'm really hungry and I want to. I said, "Well, I'm going to put something in the microwave." And you look and you and you look, and it's like a minute. And in your head, you're like, "Ah, a minute? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you can't even. You're so fat, you can't even wait a minute." <laughs> I always pull it out before it's ready. I always like literally, it's at like 45 seconds, and I'm like, "Oh, fine, it's done. It's fine." I'm just gonna eat it this way. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any. I know. No patience for it. Uh, <laughs> we can't. We can't wait the extra no. fifteen seconds. No, it's ready. Oh it's my! Ready. That's awesome. Poor, uh, poor Niner hasn't been able to add anything to the to the table because he's at the he's he's at the microwave right now and he I think he burnt his his uh, the audio's out. <laughs> poor Niner's got a. He's standing there. I got a little note. Sorry, Niner. We need to we'll hold just keep nodding your cards. Hold up some flashcards. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you got to hold up uh, stuff so we know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we've taken so much. Hey, hey, so we, we don't want to keep you. No, you're good. So let me ask. Sorry. I mean, you know, the time delay always stinks. It's bad for t- timing. Yep. Um, uh, hey, so let me ask you this. What is how many? Because I was kind of out of the loop. I went down into. Hey, by the way, I got to tell you, my boy is, just turned 17. Wow. And he's. T- He's trying to be a bull rider. <gasps> How do you do that? I know. Where, where, where cool. he is def- Yeah, he's definitely not a pansy. That's for sure. That he, Wyatt, uh, I guess not. He's done Wyatt, right? Yeah, Wyatt. He. Uh, I'll tell you what's amazing about it because my son was born with his hip out of socket, and we started a whole hospital because of his hip. Because they said his hip, he would never be able to 
walk past 40 until he gets a complete hip replacement. We worked with a doctor down in Florida and we started the International Hip Dysplasia Institute and they're doing amazing things with hip. His hip got healed and now I'm just stunned. He went from that to getting on bucking bulls. It's really amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys do so much work for the Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children in Orlando where he was treated. Um, they did an amazing job to bring him back at a very young age. And I know you and your wife are big donors and supporters of that hospital. So that's God's work right there in the in, in right. eyes of him making everybody laugh. All the time, he's doing great things in the community. And now he's getting on horses, by the way. Now he's getting bucked off a horse. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> that is amazing. Me or him? Yeah, no, him. He's cra- he's crazier than a goalie. That well, he's, getting, buck- he's getting bucked. Up. He's getting bucked off bulls. Yeah, bulls. Exactly. I not horses. Yeah, bulls. No, yeah, bigger we're, guys. We're, those Canadians don't know what bull riding is. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have this thing called yeah. in Calgary. It's a rodeo of some sort. There, eh? Well, you know, Catherine, I'll tell you, there are some good Canadian bull riders. That's a fact. Um. Uh, but yeah, you know what? It's just one of those things. He's been around it his whole life, you know, because I used to have some buck and bulls in the professional bull riders. Uh, I sponsored. Uh, uh, my buddy Daniel Tay, they called him Tater Porter back in the day. I, I sponsored Tater forever, who won the world finals in uh, the 2000s, 2000, I think. And so he's been around it his whole life, but he's never, you know, he's athletic, but he never played a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. And then just out of the blue one day, he said, Dad, I think I want to try to ride bulls. I really think I would like it. And he got on a few of them, and now he's got the fever, and I've been taking him down to Fort Worth and people down there and we go out to Bowie, texas and get him on some stock and it's man it's pretty it's pretty fun thing i'll tell you what when you do stuff like that the cool thing about it is you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about life and it's a lot more i guess that's what i found out about bull riding when i'm sending him down there yeah it's uh it's more than just bull riding it's it's all about life life experiences how to deal with adversities it's really a cool thing is it scary for you, Larry, and your wife? To, to, Absolutely. To I hate it. Yeah. I hate it every yeah. second. He's five six, about a buck and a quarter. Uh, he's I, cute. I know as that size. Can be. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's cute as can be, man. I uh, oh. I don't know if you remember him out there, Catherine. He was my yeah, daddy the last couple of years yeah. wearing the cowboy hat. And, and uh, so, yeah, I worry about it. But I heard a guy say one time that, there's a lot of kids nowadays that lack confidence. They don't ever do anything. And they, you know, they just kind of sit around and play video games. And But he said that uh, don't ever let your fear of your kids getting hurt, trying to do something that they want to do, get in the way of them at least trying it. Because they may grow up to resent you over it. They may grow up to, re- to wonder what it, how their life would have been different if they would have tried this. Yeah. So as long as uh, you've got other professionals around and it's a responsible place that you're at. And, uh, you know, I feel right now you're just trying. I feel safe. They got all the safety precautions. They got all the people there to help. So. You know, and he's not getting on these radically crazy bulls. You know, they're not going to, you know, just these nice mild buckers to learn how to keep your balance. Yeah, I'm okay with it. That's great. Good That's for so- you. That's great support. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. Confidence is key. It'll help him in everything he does in life. Well, 
Absolutely. I remember when I was uh, a male stripper, you know, my parents told me not to do it, but I, you know, I went on and I succeeded. I made look a where you are now. Look where you are. Unbelievable. Look, look what it's then, turned into. Comedy. Then you ended up in Magic Mike. <laughs> turned into comedy. I love it. I love it. Well, You're hey, the best. Yeah. Get back to putting those Christmas lights on and uh, getting your stuff ready for a turkey day and Always good to catch uh, up with you and to see you. And um, we hope, you know, maybe you'll join us again down the road. So, Larry, this was a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks Always for, love our uh, together. Me. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you guys all a, 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 a Harry and David uh, fruit tower. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh, awesome. I always used to get, I always used to get the Pepperidge Farm gift basket every year. I got like nine of those, oh, you God. know. I used to do a joke about it. Nothing says happy birthday, Jesus, like a two-foot meat log on a Pepperidge Farm gift basket. I mean, it's like, come on, man. Every year I got nine of those. All right, listen. Catherine, oh, I love great. you to death. Thank love you so too, much. Buddy. You're the greatest. Thank you. We'll You're see you greatest. soon. Right. Great. Hey, you guys, see ya. I appreciate you guys having me on. Happy holidays. Hey, guys, I got to tell you, this is uh, when I when I think of yams and, and, I, and I think of Fruit Loops and I think of some of the stuff of, of Larry, I uh, I don't know. He can just make something out of nothing and make you laugh. And it's it is so wholesome and it's so great. And I know we talk a little bit about the blue collar comedy tour with Bill Engvall and then Ron White and Jeff Foxworthy as well with him. But the other thing is, I mean, just so talented, seven comedy albums and three gold. I think they're called RIAA. Is that what that's called? Yep. Of of, of 500,000 or more copies. So, I mean, this this guy's a he's just so legitimate and such a good guy. And it was so great to have him uh, here with us. And thank you, KT and, and Niner. I, I, you know, it's the Rolodex that you have that we all have that's making our show a, a fun show. And and I hope yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed that because, man, he is as genuine as genuine gets. He really is. And he's just such a joy to be around. I, he always makes me laugh. Um, he's so positive and he does so much work, you guys, for charity. He has his own charity event, but he also is such a big proponent of not only making people laugh and feel good, but making sure he's impacting the community, the hospitals, everything. He's just a remarkable human. I love him. And you play enough golf with him too. And he's, I mean, he said that I, maybe he's being modest, but I mean, to improve from a 28 to a, what, a 13 or a 12, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that is really impressive. I mean, what part of his game improved the most then if you, if he went, I mean, doesn't play probably every day, but plays yeah, enough he that he can improve that much. Yeah. He doesn't play a lot. His putting was great last year in Tahoe. Um, I think, I think he, had, he had his son on the bag. Maybe that helped. I don't know. But, oh, uh, that's great. Huh? Yeah. How about his son? What a courageous, what a courageous fella. Huh? Awesome. Man, I know. Maybe we want one show. We'll do that at bull riding. <laughs> That's all you. <laughs> We're going to throw Niner on, on a big, big one. That's for sure. Hey, Niner. Oh man. I can't even no do that right now. How, what am I going to do after that? Well, you might just kind of restructure some vertebrae. You know yes. what I mean? It's like going to the chiropractor, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. That they're they're courageous. It's dangerous, and they've got to be careful. But you got to be a good athlete to be able to do that and have good balance. And and again, have such calmness under fire that you don't panic. I I, yeah. I can't imagine. I was a reckless kid. I mean, I would do anything. I mean, that's probably why you know you end up in in the net because if when you're a goalie, you can't flinch. You know, you you've got to you got to stay firm and you've got to stay in your stance and you've got to be athletic and you've got to watch a puck come at you. 
Um, but I, during that conversation of listening to Larry, I'm thinking to myself, okay, could I have his son yeah. 17? Could I have done that at 17? I probably would have tried it really? for sure. Wow. And oh, I, I would have absolutely. And then you can ask any of my friends, they would have said, yes, you would have tried it of all, all our friends. But then after one spill, I think that would have been it. I, common sense. I mean, <laughs> common sense would be no, that's not good. You know, that's, that's, that's not good, but pretty amazing. Indeed. And thank you guys for bearing with the voice. Panger. Uh, it's great. Nice. Great show as always. And, and this is uh, the adversity that we face. And, uh, and, and again, our back to you podcast, we're having great success. We've got a lot of great guests in the past and we're, we were so happy to have uh, Larry, the cable guy join us here for, for another episode here of back to you. You guys have a great post Thanksgiving. Enjoy, get ready for Christmas. You too. And uh, can't wait to talk for our next episode as well. Niner, be careful out there. Um, be well in Arizona. Stay out of the sun. And and KT, get that tea going. All right, kid? Cheers, everybody. Cheers. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.